0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Based on that backing track, and so I'm gonna do my best not to cause a fight tonight. So um, thanks for having us. Uh two things, um, one is that really we did grow up on that soundtrack where I grew up. I didn't grow up. I'm glad Jordan didn't make me do the whip. Because although I, I, I look country, I sound country, um, I've got R.M. Williams boots on, I've got a buckle on, I'm actually <laughs> grew up in Sydney. And so <laughs> I'm the guy who looks it, but is not it in any way. <laughs> I've killed one rabbit, and I felt bad about that, so <laughs> it's uh, I'm definitely. I was like, "Please, please, Jordan, do not do that to me." So, is it Jordan? Yeah, Jordan. 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 My daughter was on the front row correcting me. Welcome to my life. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, it's great to be with you. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'll, I'll get on into it, but I do just want to thank. Uh, Roz and Mark, um, they're wonderful, wonderful friends of ours. They've been the hugest help to us uh, over the years. They're wise. They inspire me when I hear bad stories that the church is good. And they are for us uh, a wonderful example of what it is to serve Christ, but also what it is to pastor a church in a, in a gracious way. So Mark, for all the years, Roz, who's now stepped into a new season of senior pastoring, and uh, I, I sent her a word the other day I feel like the call of God right on a life, mantle um, shifts, God does that and, and um, the only the only gap is people catching up to it God was before it he appointed the moment, he appoints the person and it just sometimes takes the church a little while to catch up so my suggestion to you when I first got on the state exec where I served with Roz I was a guy who was not meant to happen and, um, and the guy who was meant to happen Um, came over to me and said, Darren, don't waste two years getting comfortable in your skin. Just get on with it. It was great advice. So my advice to you in the transition of your church is, hey, let's not waste two years. Let's get in behind what God's doing now and next and and get on with that. Amen. All right. Well, why don't you, you, uh, if you're comfortable, if you haven't got a church background when we do things in church like raise our hands and think you're like these guys they're weird they're a cult I, I used to think the same things and but I want you to think of a football game I mean I go for the Canterbury Bulldogs we haven't won since 1963 and but i tell you what if they score if they win like Lockie and I are we're high-fiving hands are in the air you know, all of that, Australia win a cricket game, I'm cheering at the TV when they don't even know. So I think in church that we cheer God, yeah. that we get a little bit crazy, is good. But but what I want you to do is just, if you're comfortable, if you're not, it's okay, just hold out your hands like this where you are as we pray. And it's a posture saying, here I am, Lord, speak to me. Not Darren, you, yeah. speak to me. Heavenly Father, I pray for every single person in this gathering, whether... We believe or don't believe yet. Wherever we're up to, God, I pray that tonight they would know that you, by your spirit, have spoken to their heart, Lord in Jesus' name. And I pray that you'd get something done here tonight, something for kingdom, something that builds this church, something that sees people come to ultimately come to faith in Christ and go on and serve him, that their story might be our story, that you can raise a godly family and you can serve Jesus and it is the best way to live. And Lord, that's all without considering eternity, even for a moment. And so we commit everyone to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wonder, I wonder tonight where you are at as a church. Is this as good as it gets? That's well, pretty good. It's a great venue. I was driving in with Mark this afternoon and, and I said, Mark, because this happens to me, I said, do you ever still drive in here and go, how did this happen? Because we know as people who pastor churches that whatever's going on is way beyond our pay grade, way beyond our capacity. And I go, do you ever drive in here? And, and of course he does and I do. And you go, how on earth did this happen? Yours is a great story. It's actually a miracle story. This church is a miracle story of God. But is this it? As good as that is, is you know is three services across a Sunday and I don't know how many churches have been planted out of this church, but a lot. Is that the story? It's a good story. All the people, probably thousands of people who've come to faith in Christ. Is that the story? Is this it? Is this as good as it gets? Or does God have a God appointed next? I believe he does. And and I loved what Roz said, because I didn't know she was going to say it, or probably has been saying Is she talked about stepping into, she essentially said it, but in a different way, more eloquently, Roz, um, about stepping into next. And so that's really what I want to talk to you. There are two things that fire me up. There is the two things I want to do is help people be positioned for their God-appointed future. Number one, I live with that in my heart every day of my life, because it's been our story, and it's a great privilege and pleasure of life. But also, um, the other thing, and I spoke about that kind of last time I was here, and I know you're thinking, Darren, we remember, it's the best message we've heard in years. And, and then the other thing I love is positioning your church for its God-appointed future, because your church has a God-appointed future, and it's always more than we imagined. It's always more than we thought. It, it, you, you come up with the best plans we can, and then God goes way beyond them. And So tonight, I, I want us to think in that space, well... Because I, I do believe, and I wrote this without knowing what uh said, I do believe that your church, that you've transitioned and that your God-appointed next is actually in motion. You're, you're not in transition and waiting for it to begin. It's begun. It's in motion. Here, now, today, if not yesterday, it's in motion now. And sometimes when God has a plan in motion, there are people who get it. They sense it in their spirit. And then there are people who get it once we get there. Now, the plan is to not get it once we get there. Anyone can get it once we get there. I declare that the Canterbury Bulldogs will win the premiership three years from now. Now, you can three years from now, when it happens, you can go, well, I thought that might happen. No, you heard it here first. It's going to happen. And it's good to be on the front end of the impossible before it becomes a reality. And so with your church, I honestly believe with all my heart, if you... If you knew me, you'd know this. I don't say things that I don't mean, and I don't say them from the pulpit to be nice. Bronze, nice. I'm here to say what I really mean. And I believe that your church has transitioned. Your God appointed next is in motion. And so, with that in mind, tonight I want to talk to you about building in capacity for your church's God appointed next. Building in capacity for your church's God appointed next. I talked last time about you, I'm talking this time about the church. And and this is something that <clears throat> it's something that obviously we see it in scripture, but over and over and over again. You know when your eyes get open to something in scripture and then you see it everywhere? Like it's it's everywhere. Um but but it's also very much our story. And when I say our story like Brian, our churches, it's our story is that over the years we've we've continued to just build in the capacity for the God appointed next and so you know when Bron and I first started in 2006 it was we'd not long been pastoring I was on our church block um, commiserating there was 15 of us if everyone turned up my brothers had exploding businesses my friends were what we would call successful pastors and I was here pastoring 15 people if everyone turned up in what my uncle called the worst church he'd ever been to and (laughs) Now, it wasn't, but I get the idea. And as I stood in our church block that day, I prayed and everything. I still had a full-time job. I walked into the church building. And as I stood there, I'm praying, and and, uh, I just flipped open the Bible. I don't suggest you flip open the Bible and take it uh, for your life um, unless it turns out to be God. And I read these verses. Enlarge the place of your tent. You will stretch out to the left and to the right. And it goes on and talks about... And, and it talks about all that. And, 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 and I just thought, in my heart, I thought, I feel like there's a word from God. Here was a church that had imploded, was down to 15 people. The next week, I thought, I'm ready to go. Did our first vision talk. Two more people left. And here we were. But, you know, from that day to this, 2006, January 2006... That has been our story. And, and, and key to that has been just God has spoken something to our hearts and we'll go, okay, well, what, what, what do we need to humanly build in if God then turned up? And so that was that. And then, and then you move forward a couple of years. I think it was 2008. And, and I felt like the Holy Spirit whispered to me and said, Darren, you're going to be this amount of people in three years. Focus. Don't preach anywhere else. Just be here. I'm like, well, no one's ringing me to preach anyway, so that's not really a big problem. But anyway, I don't know why God threw that in. And, uh, and, and But you know what? Three years later, it was miraculous. You couldn't, you couldn't strategize your way to where we landed three years later. It was beyond the ability of any regional church we knew to strategize our way to that next. But three years later, we turned up in that space. And here we were, and God had brought it to pass. And you know what we did? We built capacity in. We began to raise leaders and all the stuff you do and resources and all of that. And then and then God does his miraculous and brings it to life. brings it, And it did take a miracle. I mean, three years later, we had a miracle building for $0 and, and all sorts of other things going on. It was a miracle. And, and But we built capacity in. And in building capacity in, we positioned for our God appointed next. And then in 2014, when that was all the reality, I'm... I'm there one day and I'm reading the scripture and it says, and, and um, there's a certain thing that happens and it's related to a big number. And pastors shouldn't churn out numbers readily because they become, numbers become nooses around pastors' necks. But the reality was the numbers have helped the way I think understand what we need to do in terms of this, in building in capacity. And so the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, that's, that's what we're doing now. I'm like, oh, that's big. And uh, don't worry, we don't lead a mega church, it was big for us. And, and and I'm like, okay, I wonder what that looks like. Is that a multi-site church? Is that a single-site church? It'd be pretty awesome if it was a single-site church. And, and um and so you know, we we got in a in a room with a mutual friend of Matt Oldeny's and, and a few other guys, and we drew up. What would we need to do? What would it need to look like? How would we need to build in the capacity? that would position us for our God-appointed next if God turns up by His Spirit working in that. What would that look like? And we we drew it up on a board with a whiteboard and some markers. We set it in motion, and for the next six years, we moved towards it. And then in 2019, just before COVID hit our wonderful shores, in the November or whenever it was, I'm driving up to our Armidale church, and it dawns on me. We're there. I'm like and it wasn't like we did anything spectacular, but now we're here, and honestly, I'm sitting there thinking, how good is this, and how did that happen? We built incapacity, and God turned up doing what he was always doing next, and and here's the truth of our story. We're onto the next now, and we were we're actually overseas the the month before COVID hit. Thank God for that, and um, I was, we're actually at Niagara Falls. Hey? Sounds impressive, doesn't it? Yeah. And I went out the backyard and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Darren, this is what we're doing now. And you know, so from that moment to this, through COVID and beyond, we're like, okay, we're building for that. And the next step in that, which I can't talk about here tonight, unfolded just a week ago. But you know, all we do is turn up building capacity in for our God-appointed next. Here's the thing. We're a church in Tamworth. And I was driving into through town on a six and a half hour road trip when the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're coming here for a long time. I'm like, okay, hope that's God. Ring Brian, told Bron said, don't tell anyone. Two weeks later, we get a call. How would you like to move to Tamworth? Um, we've got a church there that's imploded. We'd like you to go. Uh, they didn't pay for our move. We paid for our own move. There was no salary. And off we went. Slept in the back of our car a few nights and all kinds of things. Moved to Tamworth. And then we took on a church in Gaira as we built that capacity in. And but the thing is, we didn't approach them, it found us. And then the church in Gunada, we didn't we didn't start it, it found us. And then the church in Armidale, it, we didn't start it, it found us. Literally, I was praying saying, God, I feel like that church had been through some pain. We could pastor that church if you want, but I can't walk in there and go, guys, here we are. We're the answer to your prayers. We're awesome. <laughs> I said, but God, if you make it happen, and our national president rang me for the only time he's ever rang me, and not because um, he doesn't care, just because he's got lots going on. And he said, hey, Darren, two days after I started to pray, he says, hey, Darren, I reckon you and Bron should take on that church in Armidale," And everything has found us, like everything has found us. And I say that to say this, that when we will build capacity in, we set up for our God appointed next. So where's God taking your church. And what does that mean right here and right now? And so let me take you to the Bible and um, talk about it for a few minutes tonight. I I want you to take something away. Listen to this Exodus chapter 23 and verse um, 31. says, I will set the boundaries from the Red Sea to the Philistines and from the desert to the river, for I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand. And you're going to drive them out before you and I'll deliver the inhabitants into your Into your hand, and it goes on, and this great promise of God to His people, going, remembering they'd been slaves, and now they're talking about being wealthy landowners. God says, "That's where I'm taking you from. That's where I'm taking you to." I know that you're wandering in a bit of a wilderness right now, but that was your history. But that has no, there is nothing about your history that informs your future, because I'm in the picture. You know, we just read in large the place of your tenants talking about inhabitants and spreading out and everything else. The situation was they were barren. And into that circumstance God speaks to his God appointed next and here in Exodus he speaks to his God appointed next and says this is what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what anyone thinks. It doesn't matter what the cynic thinks, it doesn't matter what the upset thinks, doesn't matter what the grumbler thinks, it doesn't matter what the opinionated, you know, genius thinks. It doesn't matter because God has spoken and God will deliver if we turn up in the middle of it. And so he goes on and says that, but here's what he says in the verses before it. We love the promise. Verse 29. But I will not drive them out in a single year. Oh, how long, God? Because, but I love his reason. Listen to God's reason. Because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. If I give this to you now, it'll be too much for you to handle. He's a loving God. And he loves us so much. He won't even give us the good and the best until we're ready to handle it. And then it goes on and says, little by little, those three words that I dislike with all of my being, little by little, I will drive them out before you and and until you have increased enough to take possession of the land. He says, hey, when you have increased enough, I will bring increase. When the capacity is built in, I will carry you into your God appointed next. And so he gives this incredible promise and he gives a, a, a way forward. Capacity, it's how much we can carry, how much we can handle, it's, it's how much we can manage. It, and, and, and capacity will do this, it will determine if we can or can't. It will determine if God will or if he won't. Capacity creates ceilings on a church and platforms that a church builds on. And, and when we get it right, God go, is on the move. And so I think right now with your church, not having any context, not knowing anything my thought would be this. This is a time to build capacity in. Now, I'm mindful that you're in your enlarged offering month. And I would say to you, it's a time to build capacity in. It's time to build capacity in. If it was my children, I would say, guys, it's time to build capacity in. Because I love them and I love the church. I want their best. And so I'd say to them, you need to be part of building capacity in. I need you to, I want you to live in tune with God. This is a season for us to do that. And so, I, I believe now's the time to build capacity into your church. New capacity that positions us for a move of God. Yeah. Your church is a move of God. It has been a move of God. It will be a move of God. In fact, I would suggest God is already moving and this is part of the plan and part of the process. Listen to this. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews Because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. That's a bad day. Let's assume that they cared, but they didn't know that it was an accident. And it was just that they didn't have the capacity to handle this. Verse 7... So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a an large number of priests became obedient to the faith. When I hear that in verse one, we've got a problem and in verse seven, we've got revival. I want to know what happened in between. And what happened in between was they appointed seven men full of the Holy Spirit to oversee the widows. They, 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 what did they do? Bottom line is what they did. They built leadership capacity in. That's what they did. They just went and go, okay, well, we can't look after this anymore. There's too many cracks people are getting missed, we're going to step out, we're going to, the apostles, we're going to give ourselves to the word of God and to prayer, that's a good gig, we're going to do the word of God and prayer, and these seven guys that are full of the Holy Spirit, we're going to now place them in as part of the new capacity, and that new capacity is going to ensure that we can look after the widows. What they didn't know is in building in the new capacity to look after the widows, they actually built in capacity to go into, step into their God-appointed next And the next thing you know, you've got revival breaking out and the gospel going out, people coming to faith in Christ. Why? Because they had increased enough to handle the increase. And so that's going on. So I want to just give you three thoughts around this tonight. And like I said, this is something that, well, it's something we've lived. It's clearly in scripture. It works in your life. It works in mine, works in yours, but it works as a church as well. Number one, capacity builders live with a fire on the inside. They live with a fire on the inside. They do. These men, it says, choose seven known to be full of the Holy Spirit. Now, my theological position, not being the world's greatest theologian, <laughs> that probably explains how good a theologian I am. My wife is a theologian. I am something else. We're not sure what that is. They, um, but, but here's what I do know is that well, Here's what I think. When it says, choose to set people full of the Holy Spirit, it's not talking about that they've received the Holy Spirit because every believer had received the Holy Spirit and, and depending on your theological position on baptism in the Spirit, I'm sure most of them had, had at least been baptized in the Spirit. When it says, speak full of the Holy Spirit, seven guys, they're, they're talking about people that are currently full of the Holy Spirit. Like they've got a fire on the inside of their spirit. There's something going on in their soul. And wherever you see a church or a person step into their God-appointed next and then see that thing come to pass by the grace of God, you, you, I can't think of a time where I've seen it come to pass on someone who's got a flicker in their soul. Now, God will work with the flicker. But if we're going to see the God-appointed next, it's going to take a fire in the soul, people who've got a fire in their spirit. Um, I, I just turned 50. And uh, I know some of you are like, oh, he's doing all right. Other you are like, gee, I thought you are older than that. And, um, I just turned 50 just a few weeks ago. It's a weird birthday. And, um, but the truth is that I, at 50, I want to have the same fire in my spirit that I had at 21. When I became a Christian at 21, see, I didn't jump up there. That's because my knee needs surgery because I'm now 50. There they used to be, does anyone remember primary school, the silver seats out the front? At prime, right, you remember that? So Sunday morning before church, I would wander down to the the primary school. Now, that's dangerous. Just imagine that silver edge there. I'd wander down and I'd, I'd go pray. It was private. No one was around. And this morning, I'm walking along the silver seats and I'm praying for the services today and I'm fired up for Jesus. I'm praying my little heart out. And then I hear the cleaner and the cleaner's been watching me the whole time. Can you imagine how crazy the cleaner thought I was? Who is this lunatic? in our school grounds, praying their heart, but, but the spirit of it was good. I'm like, I'm out of bed. I'm, I'm going to pray for today. I'm believing Jesus that something's going to go on in church, that someone's life's going to be impacted, that someone's going to come to faith in Christ, that someone's going to see a breakthrough happen, someone's going to encounter the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, I still want to live with that spirit at 50. In fact, I, I'm sure I do. I want to live with that same spirit at 50 as I did at 21 and because it, it's a fire on the inside. And so my suggestion to you if you're not there in any way, that you don't feel beaten up about it and you don't feel guilty. I know everyone's got jobs and family and kids and everything else, but that we do what it takes, move in what we need to move in, move out what we need to move out, create the space in our life that we live with a fire in our soul. You'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. If you've lived there and you're not there, hey, let's go back there. You remember the things that put you in that kind of place. Sometimes for me, it's as simple as not watching Netflix, turning off stand or whatever binge or whatever current you know platform we're committed to and so turn it off and if you follow the bulldogs it's easy because you only need to watch 20 minutes of the game and it's over (laughs) but but i tell you you'll never regret living with a fire in the soul and if you're going to see god do build his god opponent next it's going to be critical to the story that's number one number one is that number two is this capacity building has a next it's just it has it's got a next and here in Acts six it had a next and um sorry guys looks like my clock's frozen back there so i'm like i'm doing well on time but i think like I just so i'm sorry because I, I don't know how long i've been so i don't mean to keep going. yeah right I'll don't okay i've got it know where i am well that was a good injunction is that the right word so we all good now okay great Capacity building has an X. And so in Acts six we see that everything's worked pretty well to here. Church's going great. Actually says in verse one before it talks about the problem that the church should increase rapidly. And so they're going, good. But what had got them to here wouldn't carry them into the God-appointed next. Something needed to shift, something needed to be built in. And so, so, so as we think about that, here are the three things I see here is number one, they, uh, in, in terms of what they did, their next was they released the senior leaders into their next thing. They, they raised up the next leaders to carry the, the middle of the road load, if you like. And your church has done a great job of that over the years. Uh, and then number three, and here's the important one: as we think about in large, all of this is great, but to feed the widows takes money. Great, yeah, great. Releasing the leaders, raising the leaders up, let's do it. Who's paying the bills? See, the 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 the, the capacity's not there if the money's not there. And so somebody in the background, a bunch of the business guys, a few of the widows. Now, I'm all for what we've said across the day. If if I'm a widow, my mum was a pensioner her whole life. My brothers became wealthy after she passed away, which is unfortunate for her. But my mum was relatively poor her whole life, served Jesus, Uh, you know, as far as Australians are poor, that is. And uh, so she never had a lot. So when I come to moments to talk about money to believers in Jesus, I understand the sensitivities. You know, if, you, if you're the widow, if you, if you haven't got a lot, great. But even then, I'd say to you, like I said, we say to our own kids, let's still sacrifice. Let's still, let's still come to it with faith. Let's bring something that, that is going to build Jesus' kingdom. Uh, but, you know, if I'm at the other end, um, I, I'd encourage us to, you've got to stretch there as well. You know, if I'm a business guy, I love Maddie Matty. Old. Maddie's one of my great friends. He's a great example of a guy who continues to do that. Um, but just stretch and Bron mentioned in the other services you'd think I like talking about money I'm like any pastor I don't want to be talking about money but you've got to have money to get it done and that's what the money did for the widows there were business guys and other people working a salary who were taking from what they had and pouring in for that to have the capacity to go further than it had gone till now and so as that happened everything was able to move forward and so for you and I you know as you think about enlarge offering I just want to encourage you around that if you 're at the other end you 're a business person. I want to encourage you there as well we a few years ago, I just felt prompted and you 've got to understand we 're not a money people in fact we we had a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar debt on our fit out we got no debt on any of our properties and um, and we had this debt on the on the on the, on the a small debt on the property and two years later it was gone. I walked into a board meeting and they said, "Oh yeah, the debt's paid." And we hadn't spoken about it once after we'd taken the offering, like literally not one time, and God had worked it out. So that's where we're coming from. But there was a year where I said, I believe that some of us need to double what we're doing. And I was a bit scared because we'd never been there before. And, but the reality is that, that Bron mentioned this morning, there were people who'd given 100 bucks, they gave 200. There were people who obviously gave less because their circumstances were different. But there were people. the people I was shocked by were at the other end. People who had given $25,000 gave 50 and things like that. And, and so tonight, I'm not saying for you to do double. I'm saying, what's a stretch and let's go there. Let, let's be ready to step out into... Really building in the capacity for next, the building that you 're about to build, you know, even if you can 't see it yet it 's going to serve purposes that we can 't see yet it 's the, the, the buildings we have in Tamworth, one of them was built as a squash court. Now, if you lived in the 1980s, it was a good business. If you were still alive in the 1990s, it wasn 't and next door to it, our other building, it was a bowling alley. And again, if you were born, if you lived in the 1980s, good business. If you were still there in the 1990s, bad business. And so somewhere in his foresight, God saw, God saw. People were praying for those buildings 30 years ago. People Before I even lived in Tamworth, before I was even a Christian or just, no, not even a Christian. Um, People were praying for that building. I'm like, poor people who owned it. Like the church was praying that they'd get out of it somehow, right? But the reality is, and, and so what happened? there were people believing and sacrificing and giving for a god appointed next way off in the future but you know some of those people now they're really a fair age some of them in their 80s they get to drive by those buildings every single sunday go i prayed in it i gave to it that's going to outlive me the dad's is going to be retired and old and will have forgotten about him and ron will still be preaching up a storm somewhere but someone else will be there, and, and we'll have all invested in the kingdom purpose that will be there when we're gone and forgotten and nobody knows who we were or what we did. But it's in our hand right now and the building you're about to contribute to is in your hand right now with the four minutes that I've got left. I, I just want to point you. It says, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And so there's a God appointed next and it needs capacity right now. I mean, I love walking into the tech, Um, booth tonight walked in there Tamworth girl need a Tamworth person in charge I see nothing much changes wherever you go Tamworth person in charge and three young guys well how good is this on a Sunday night three young guys they all look like they're probably 20 or under but I'm getting older so maybe you're older than that boys up the back part of the capacity that makes this happen guys on platform part of the capacity that makes this happen but what's God up to next I don't have permission to say this, so I hope I'm all right. Don't get too nervous. You know, Mark was sitting next to me this morning and the next thing he was gone to do kids' church. And I thought, how awesome is that? Here's a guy who's led at the level he's led for all these years. Prepared to go and teach the year six kids. I never want to lose that spirit. Nothing's ever beneath any of us, right? That's an opportunity. Jesus was happy to serve the kids. But what would be good? What would be good? is that there are other people coming through going, I'll be that capacity. I'm going to release him. I'm going to release him to pastor. I'm going to release him to um, be prophetically thinking in the front row. I'm going to release him to do whatever it is that Mark Zare does. I'm going to release him to do that, and I'm going to be part of the capacity. And as you and I come in and rise up and step into the capacity that's next, God will bring what he's going to do to pass. Man, God is not done. God's not even close to done. He is on the move. He's got a plan for his church. He's got a plan for your church. And so, you know, um, that, that scripture enlarges in, in, in the place you attend. You know what it says next? It says you'll stretch out. It says so stretch everything out. Stretch everything out. There's going to be a stretch to go there. I can't remember a time when the God-appointed next didn't have a stretch to go there. For, for Brian, for me, for lots and lots of people, it always has a stretch but the stretch is always worth it. Worth it. And I, I'm like, I, I, tonight, I wonder if you in, in the way you are serving Jesus, or if you're in a comfortable zone, that's good for a time. But sooner or later, the stretch has got to come so that God appointed next. Can have the capacity for what he wants to do, and so I wonder where you are tonight. Are you there? Because it will spread. It will catch as we step in, and and three, and finally tonight, capacity makes room for a move of God. Like I said, in our hometown, you know, Tamworth found us, Gyra found us. Founders, found us. found us. Buildings have found us. And on a personal level, cars have found us. We've been given a home. Or not, I was going to say homes, plural. We've been given a home. We, I can tell you from experience when you will step up and build capacity in to what God is up to next, he has got the rest covered just like his word says. Doesn't mean we be unwise, but it just means he's got it. He's got it. He's got you. This is the adventure of a lifetime. I wouldn't trade spots with anyone for the adventure that Ron and I have been able to go on. Although sometimes it's been a stretch beyond or to our very limits, God always turns up. And as you step up to build his church, God will turn up and do what he's going to do next. And in doing that, you'll see a move of God in your days that you didn't see coming, that you couldn't anticipate. And be glad that you did. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand? Let me pray. Got your eyes closed? Focused on God? Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in the room tonight. What an incredible time to be alive. What an incredible time to be in this church. God, we we are confident that you by your Holy Spirit are speaking, Lord, with great clarity to Roz and those who work with her to, Lord, set the direction of your church. We commit her to you now. I pray for clarity like she has never known in her life around the God appointed next. We know this thing's already in her heart, already on the move, but we commit it all to you. Lord, I pray tonight that right across this room, Lord, you'd just be stirring people's hearts. Lord, like you did when Nehemiah built a wall that this person and that person, even right now, you'd be stirring them, Lord, about Lord the enlarged um, offering, but Lord, about other things as well. About kids and serving and where that is that lord what you've called them to how they can be part of the capacity lord for what you are up to next may you stir and move our hearts that the thing that beats within us to be involved with the move of god on the face of the planet lord i'm right here right now in this place so god we commit every person to you pray for holy spirit moving that you do a good work lord we give you the glory in advance we thank you that you are going to do beyond what we can grasp or dream up. Lord, we commit it to you now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.